good evening everyone welcome to another episode of what's happening it's going to be the 42nd episode of what's happening and it's 29th of july 2021 i wasn't able to put up an episode for yesterday but um i have made sure to collate those news items as a part of today's news items as well so let's quickly get out of the headlines the national and international segments uh the union health minister has confirmed that um the vaccines for children between 12 and 18 um would be uh, you know the the hospitals can start to administer that once government gives an official go ahead it is expected to be uh coming up at uh, at august so he hasn't committed to a specific date but it is expected that uh, you know we people can start vaccinating children between 12 and 18 during august the two vaccines that the government is currently looking at is zydus cadillas vaccine which is not yet out and uh, covaxin from bharat biotech uh internationally um, pfizer and uh, moderna are two vaccines that have been cleared by the federal drug administration in united states of america as safe for children but we are going to look at uh, probably an indigenous vaccine if i think pfizer comes it will also be allowed to be administered right uh let's get on to the next news the next news is regarding the pegasus snoop gate um amid lot of petitions in supreme court amid the lok sabha and rajya sabha getting regularly adjourned due to this uh amid the west bengal chief minister constituting an independent investigation committee uh, senior journalist n ram and sashi kumar have petitioned the supreme court uh for a uh, for a probe that is monitored by a current judge or a former judge of the supreme court so that uh, you know impartial investigation would be carried out in the pegasus snoop gate so uh supreme court um, has given notice to the center on this but we are yet to get an answer from the center right next news is going to be very important uh, because it's 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 something that we haven't seen um in in recent years not not even or not even during you know older times as well we haven't seen this to be common so uh on 26th um there was border clashes between two police forces uh between assam and mizoram the assam police and mizoram police fired at each other uh, this hasn't happened um, as far as i know uh, as, as far as i can remember in any near future um, in near past uh, in india there has been border disputes between many states uh, if you especially if you take south uh, andhra and tamil nadu karnataka and tamil nadu and kerala karnataka and tamil nadu every you know combination of states that you can think of have water disputes between them uh, you know they try to uh, sit down with on the meetings the water management authority uh, mediates them and all that happens but never a firing or violence um, has erupted between two states and that also carried out by the police itself it's something unheard of andhra and odisha also have some kind of you know border disputes uh, you know certain the state claims certain villages of odisha as theirs and vice versa but still even there um, violence has not erupted this is the first time that we are hearing about a violence normally these kind of border firings uh, right happen between india and pakistan as a part of the international border clashes but this is something that's very serious uh, when it happens between two states that to uh, northeast if you take northeast assam is the own, most developed state there and most of the things from other parts of the country go through assam to other northeastern states so uh, this way assam um, is a very important state and and clashing between two states will will leave a very bitter problem uh, and uh, the states might show that in other parts um, you know like supplying water assam might cut off the water supply or the road supply as well which has actually happened now assam has blocked major roads that are going into mizoram uh, this has um, caused a shortage of supply and uh, lot people of mizoram are actually uh, you know uh, finding it hard to find regular supplies from other parts of the country because everything goes through assam 
so let's quickly um, you know uh, rewind what had happened and what each side claims to do so basically um, around 11:30 am on 26th uh, the dispute started when assam moved over to the border of mizoram and it forcefully closed two police posts uh, one bo- one manned by the mizoram police force the other manned by the central reserve police force and uh, uh, they also started to attack vehicles that um, going into the mizoram region this was what and and after from 11:30 to 4 this was happening continuously and after 4 uh, the assam police started to fire so this was the account that was given by the mizoram police however the assam police tell a different story which is kind of um, you know contradicting uh, they said uh, the mizoram police were actually roaming around in the border in plain clothes like civilians not even uniformed and suddenly they started to fire using their pistols so that was the account of assam police but uh, since it since this kind of escalation has not happened in india it was taken to the highest level it was, it went until the union home secretary um, mr ajay balla so the only person after the union home secretary who has to mediate is going to be home minister amitsha so union home secretary immediately called a meeting of the dgps of both the states along with the chief ministers and home ministers and both of the states have now agreed to you know uh, resolve this amicably and uh, the center has um, ordered the central armed police force to uh, you know man the border between assam and uh, mizoram so that no more skirmishes take place so uh, cipf is going to border the uh, you know man the borders between the states let's hope things don't get escalated from now on because uh, unity inside india is very important at a time when lot of states are asking for independence from the union of india so uh, like gorkhaland and all that so i think it's very important for us to preserve the integrity of india Let's quickly go to the next news. In a particular case in which the Kerala government requested the Supreme Court to uh you know take back the proceedings on the left democratic front lawmakers who were charged with uh, vandalism and uh, destruction of public property when the union budget was being read in 2015 on the floor. So um it said that they damaged some mics and uh, tables as well. So Uh, so this was the request from the government of kerala but the supreme court outrightly rejected this notion and it said um, the privilege of being a lawmaker or um, a parliamentarian cannot be an excuse for a criminal offense like vandalism and uh, um, destruction of public property wherever it takes place whether it takes place inside the parliament or outside uh, lawmakers cannot take refuge into that if you are go- if they are going to uh, be a lawmaker they have to behave civil in a civilized way and damaging public property is definitely not one of the ways is the observation by the supreme court and it has refused to take back that um, petition or i'm sorry the case as such right okay we're going to quickly get over to one more news item and then we'll have the international news item so the next news item is a snippet chandrayaan 3 is going to be launched later next year not this year it was planned this year but again because of covid and all of the regular disruptions it's going to be taken up only the next year um we have to remember chandrayaan 2 had a vikram landing rover which was supposed to land on uh, moon and then get back with certain information but then uh, sadly it crash landed and got and the communications with the earth got cut off but nevertheless india has achieved something that has not it's not easily been achieved by any other people landing something on the moon is an achievement in itself right okay the next news is going to be again something important um there is a survey that is regularly taken up by the um indian council for medical research um it has taken it has taken for multiple times from last year due to covid basically so the su- study is called something called seroprevalence survey 
it basically measures the percentage of population that contains the required antibodies to fight against the covid that means uh, the population which the percentage of population that has got it either they would have got it from um, uh, you know um, getting covid itself by infecting with covid because vaccination cannot be taken as a measure here because it's only in the last few months that vaccination has been going on in a rapid pace before that the only way people would develop the antibodies is by getting covid itself so basically this study calculates the percentage predominantly the percentage of people who actually got covid so the numbers are interesting uh, madhya pradesh has the highest sero prevalence meaning over 79% of the population of madhya pradesh seem to have got covid of course if you correlate it with the reported cases never it would match because not all covid cases are reported and a uh, lot of cases are um, obviously undercounted both in terms of death and reporting the case itself so so that's that's the point so that means madhya pradesh seems to be one of the worst affected in covid lot of people have got covid um, 79% of the population isn't a joke but kerala if you see even after two full waves uh, the sero prevalence is just 44% meaning that kerala has extremely managed to tide along the two waves with a very very less infection ratio which is evident from the sero prevalence survey so kerala as we know is a very very good state in healthcare management and the facilities there are top notch um, and remember kerala was the first state to get covid and pinarayi vijayan after trading over the first wave immediately said it was ready even for the second wave that's the confidence that kerala system has inculcated um, in the government so the icmr has additionally asked the state governments to take up independent surveys from their end uh, in each district because this sero prevalence survey would be taken for um, a particular number of district in every state and the results will be extrapolated it's not an actual number um, it's it's trying to be close but it's not actually accurate so it has asked the states to take a district wise survey which would give us a very very better idea about the numbers um, let's let's wait for that and if we get it i'll definitely put it out here on the podcast right we're going to close off with the international item again that's going to be a little concerning item we might have to look at a background of this as well so teachers and students of the state universities of sri lanka um, actually withdrew from online teaching and other administrative tasks um, yesterday uh, by not doing those in a protest against a particular bill uh, that bill that's called dr john kotelawala defense academy bill or shortly called as kdu bill it basically um, uh, restructures the governance of a particular university in sri lanka in such a way that everything is governed by the military and it becomes an exclusive academy of all um, studies that are related to military of course we have seen this kind of um, um, you know exclusively military academy even in india but it is it, it would be in such a way that it will be started in that way a public university will never be converted into a military um, you know uh, college or military university that is uh, thought to be militarization of education wherein uh, military will get more powers in this so if at all you know multiple universities start doing this then they will form a consortium among themselves and uh, and and it might be possible in future that uh, the military itself would uh, um, steer the education policy the higher education policy in a country higher education policy in a country that that is something that's that shouldn't happen in a country because um it's always civilian um people um and public universities will have the empathy and the right to speech so for example if you have a problem in the university university students can form unions and protest against it but normally in military unions are completely avoided and by extension military universities also will not be allowed to have student unions so it's going to be a crush of uh, freedom of speech 
um, a country needs every arm it needs a military for safety and it needs a civil society um, for scrutinization and application of policies as well so this kind of militarization is despised by the people of sri lanka uh, the sinhalese people themselves have done this protest in addition to it sri lanka has long had a military conflict that we all know the elam war had taken place in four phases and ended only in 2009 with the death of velopile prabhakaran of ltt but even after that right even after 12 years of um, you know uh, war ending there are still reports of people going missing the already people who went missing weren't been founded by the new government the government is not keen in in giving reparations to the tamil community that has been affected by the war people have not been um, you know uh, people have not been uh, given back their lands or houses the military has taken back their lands and all that that has happened so sri lanka has a very bad uh, record at the human rights both internationally um, it has been condemned for it but it seems uh, with gotabaya rajapaksa who has been the defense secretary in the mahindra rajapaksa government previously um, there is no stopping these brothers and uh, the government is still going into a um, a very very uh, you could say militarized form or or one party government Uh, because we also have regular reports of um, um the government trying to consolidate the pro- position of the president such that um, you know it's doing away with tenures of the president so all of these things point to centralization of power at the hands of a single authority that is very dangerous for a democracy so with that closing note um, right there are still tamil people who are there as refugees in north and east who aren't able to work who are not able to study we're not able to give anything else to the next generation uh, let's hope things get better and let's push um, in any way possible by signing a petition or something um, and uh, let's let's try to make the lives of people better let's uh, and i commend the people of sri lanka for taking up this protest which is a very very watershed moment because if it's not done now then it might not be done any time thank you stay safe and have a great day